and I wasn't at all thinking then though, like I manifested it or whatever, but it kind of is like, well, that's what was on your mind. You were actively thinking about it. You kind of did. This book would say I did. You knew what you want. You were very clear. I want two tickets to see Usher with his shirt off dancing. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Finding Mr. Hype podcast. I am your co-host, Erica Spira. And I'm Allie Jackson. Hello. Hello. We are back, and we have a fun fun little, I guess, variety app this week, we could call it. Yeah, I'm excited. Variety app, roundup app. If you have ideas after you hear the app, <laughs> if you have <laughs> ideas on what it should have been called, you let us know. But I'm excited. We're doing like a little things we saw on social media, you know, kind of, yeah, roundup, variety. Yeah, like what's pulling everyone's attention right now? So we have a few different things. Uh, Some you might not know about because there are some of our friends have been getting into specifically a manifesting book that Mm -hmm. I purchased a little while ago. And I I made a promise, I think it was to the Patreon gang, that I was going to give it a try. See, because that is something I am very, uh, I don't know, a better word, not good at, very bad at. Jesus, hello, hi. (laughs) I've had a long weekend. (laughs) Very not good. I'm very not good. I'm very not good. Back to you, Allie. Um, sorry. No, I'm, I'm excited, too, because I bought it after you had told me about it, and I'm very skeptical, and the book hits, we're going to talk about it when we get to the roundup section, but the book hits the skeptics right up top. So I was like, yes, you know that I don't want to do this. Great. <laughs> yeah, it gets into it. So we're going give to give ourselves some challenges to try to try some manifesting things to maybe change our thoughts, actions, whatever. Yes. Uh, but... Before, we always have our updates. I'm going to throw to you. I know you're very excited about this one. You put a lot of work into it. What's our latest update? We have merch to sell on our website. We have new merch, everybody. If you were at the live show, you saw it. You got to feel it. Everything is super soft, super comfortable. I'm very excited about it. It came out great. I'm so pumped. Um, One of my favorite moments of making this merch was when you and I were in the Canva. I was on a plane. And you had you were like fucking around with some of the designs because you're like fonts. good at that. Yeah, fonts and I'm you're a like font very, lunatic. You love fonts. It's great. I we need someone fonts. who loves the fonts in the Listen. in the partnership. I'm so obsessed. you were messing around with new fonts for the scam sweatshirt. And we were we were we're such nerds. We were like talking to each other in the Canva by like writing words in the design. <laughs> yeah. I was messing around with your stuff. You were like, ah, oh, it moved. And then I was like, boo, I'm a ghost. <laughs> anyway. so funny. Anywho, we have merch. So we've got the It's a Scam sweatshirt, the More Kissing, Less Crying t-shirt, both of which are so soft. Very soft. All right. We got the higher quality stuff because I, once I started switching to like those super soft tees, you can't mm-hmm. go back to full cotton. You just can't. No. They're way better. So way better. We invested. We invested for the fans. Um, and then we have a You're Hot, Be Hot tote bag that I've been carrying it around town. And they are all available at findingmrheight.com slash merch. Yes. So go check it out. And if you're coming to the DC show, we will have some merch with us. Yes. But debatable how much we can bring. So check out the site online. If you want a guarantee, you'll get something shipped right to you. And then you don't have to carry it around anyway. So that's also a plus. And I would also appreciate it because it turns out it's a lot harder to get merch onto an e-com website. (laughs) And I say this as somebody who has been in e-com selling clothes for 15 (laughs) years. 
<laughs> I think you just you have more respect for the engineers, and apparently you're the type of person I should end up with, according to Matchmaker Maria. So holler at your girl, An engineer? engineers. Oh she, shit! Yeah, she actually recommended specifically. I go to Renaissance festivals. She said this is where a lot of this type hang out, and she said you should dress up, go all out, go be social, talk to everybody. She said you're good at social and approaching. They might not be. She was like, just she was like, just go be the bell of the ball at the Renaissance Festival. I mean, I fucking love a costume, so I I would be <laughs> down to wingman for you at this at this event. But I I'm so curious, why does she think that your type of person is going to be at the Renaissance Fair? Okay, well, one, I do think I have a lot of similar personality traits to Maria, and I did do mm-hmm. her like agape intes- intensive thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's like some personality tests and things like that in it, and so every single one of those, I was exactly aligned with her. And through just, you know, being friends, I think she's just like, I think you're very similar to me. And so mm-hmm. the conclusion is you should end up with someone who's very much like my husband. And ah, I don't okay, disagree okay. with her. I don't disagree with her. Um, but yeah, so that's where it comes from. And I was like, I've never been to a Renaissance Festival. I've never tried it. I'm open to trying it. Yeah, neither have I. I think it would be fun. Why not? Put it on the list. I think they're in the summer, though. So we got to wait for that one. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a great costume right now. <laughs> no, not so much. Not trying to wear a flowy dress. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink. That is a little little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the Recess Watermelon Mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. But you tried a new event uh, this weekend, I did. So I went to – I'd been to one of their events previously. I went to a singles mixer that was hosted by Jigsaw Dating, which is a a newer dating app. They're still kind of getting their footing um, and you know trying to get more people on the app. And And the the pitch is like the person's – kind of blind when you start talking and the more you talk the more you see their picture exactly so it's like you don't exactly it's like you are you're it's not it's not it's supposed to take the the um emphasis off of appearance a little bit okay all right how was the event so the first event i went to was awesome and I thought the ratio was really good. I thought the age ranges were great. Like people seemed older. And I really liked that they had it at a bar with an activity. They had it at spin um, with like ping pong. Oh, and right. That's this one. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And there's a host there who like helps people engage with each other. They're not really like a matchmaker per se, but they're making sure people are talking. Yeah. Somebody bold. So yes. You don't have and to I be. appreciated that. So this event had all of that. It was at a bar on the Lower East Side called Sour Mouse that has a bunch of games. So there were pool tables, foosball, all this stuff. I liked the concept a lot. It also had the host of people who were trying to engage. The attendance of this one just wasn't great. Like ratio-wise or just total people? Both. Oh, okay. Interesting. 
Yeah, not very many people and really not very many men. Mm. Wait, it was this weekend? It is a holiday weekend. That might not be on them. I'll give oh, them a little, little benefit of the doubt. And also, sometimes people are way weirder around Valentine's Day about dating apps, events. Yeah. Like suddenly it feels like too much pressure. I don't feel that way, but some people do. Possibly. So the first one I went to, I'm going to go to another one because the first one I went to was great. And I actually, uh, one of the guys, there were, I think there were four men there. Like the, it was really low, really, oh, really wow. poorly attended. Real low. Um, one of them was the guy, the guy, the only guy that I spoke to at the, pre- at the previous one. Hmm. <laughs> and it was not a romantic match, but I remembered his name and I he spells his name in a little bit of a funky way. And I remembered that too. And I, I think he thought I was then interested in him because I'd remembered those details. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, so then that was a little bit awkward, but we worked it through. We worked it out. Um, but yeah, you're right. I forgot President's Day weekend. That could have been a thing. I'm definitely going to go to another one because the event setup is great. Like the way that they're doing it with activities, they've got the host to like help people mingle. They've got little icebreaker questions. The person's going around like, hey, you two seem like you're vibing here. Free drink tickets. Like, okay. It's the setup's great. I, I want it to succeed. This is only their second one in New York. So I, I'm committed. I'm going to another one. All right. I mean, listen, the good thing about events is it gets you out of the house. And like Very we true. said, you can make a new friend. And if the event is truly so terrible, you could make moves and just just go out somewhere else. Well, the funny thing is there was another dating event happening at Sour Mouse at the same time. Oh. This event, however, we'd never figured out exactly what was going on. So it was like me and my friend that I had brought with me and a couple other people, we were watching this event happen. It was maybe 50 people. They were wearing name tags that said like, Allie, like their name, a color, and then a number. So it would be like Allie, purple group, number 17. And there were tables that had colors on them. So people were like sitting at their like assigned color table. And so we thought at first that it was some sort of speed dating thing. And then, and they all had um, pieces of paper in front of them and they were like writing notes on this piece of paper. Yeah. Then periodically, Groups of tables would go up onto the stage and get called out number by number, and people were writing notes. Oh. No, I really don't know. I We were so confused. I'm like, are they standing up there while people in the audience decide if they want to date them? Like live while they're standing on the stage? No, because when you said sitting in groups at tables, I then assumed maybe it was like a friendship thing because I went to like a friendship speed dating thing in LA it with was, my roommate and it was yeah. like it was you know a lot of hopping around but it was also just you know it was only women so I don't know it was definitely dating there were hearts yeah. everywhere and they were going up in groups of only women and then all the men were taking notes and then only men and then all the women were taking notes it was we have no idea what was happening well maybe it was a speed dating that you get to choose who your speed date is Maybe that's what it oh, is. Maybe. I mean, it sounds terrifying, the setup of it. But if everybody it agrees just, to the system, then I guess that's how it is. We were, I mean, yeah. And they, everyone else, everyone seemed on board with what was happening. We were just super confused. We never found out what was happening. And then after they left, they were there for like the first hour we were there. The second hour, the stage turned into like a, a regular stage with a band. I swear to God, these band players or these band people, they were in high school. Couldn't have been older than 16. Well, Sour Mouse is a popular, like younger hang spot like i do a, there's a comedy show there 
there i mean it's a lot of nyu kids let me put it that way uh, so it's like to us they're gonna look 16 but the, you know, they were they're fresh children. out of high the yeah. funniest part was though is that they started to play and then stopped playing and then started to play again and then were bickering amongst themselves and then left the stage and never came back oh well hell of a night <laughs> hell of a night for sour mouse yeah damn it was so weird um, it could be a fun can i throw this out there for nyz people it could be a great date yeah. spot though they got foosball pool tables Absolutely. they have like ton tons of stuff it is a great you know move around don't don't just sit down uh yes. bar so, definitely shout although out, shout out one me. of my one of my friends was there the night prior on friday night and apparently they were um pumping a fog machine that was so aggressive that my friends left because they oh, were like choking damn. on fog yeah, that makes sense. So they might be working some stuff out. Interesting. But, Interesting. Um, but you're right. It does get you out of the house. I my A group of my friends happened to be around the corner. So I ended up going up to meet up with them, caught up with Darcy for a while. Like it ended up being like a really great night that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't have had to leave the house for this event. I would have stayed right. home. Yeah, that's the point. You got out. Yeah, so I was happy about it. I was going to say, you're, what is it, two events a month you're trying to do? Yeah. You've been sticking to that for a few months. Oh, yeah. I've been Not going bad. to more than two recently. So I've been I've been happy about that. Not bad. I've been asking people on stage recently. First of all, just if they made a New Year's resolution and barely anybody's mm. clapping. And then, people and then I'm like, have we have we stuck to it so far? It's like a month and a half. Nobody claps. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. What else do we so, have before? Yeah. So that's what I had. But you went on a second date. I did. I had a second date with Lemon Drop. I had my pizza eating contest date. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I gotta say, I guess, I guess there's something about me that's just like this girl would be down for pizza eating. Um, I think that's a compliment. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty down for anything. But I will be honest. We got there. The menu, the pizza was called uh, double extra large pizza or something, something like that. Seems terrifying. And it, and then I was looking around and I was like, "Can you give me a gesture of how big this pizza is?" Because I was Are we like, talking manhole. Yeah, like I was like, I, I'm not starving. Like I'm hungry. And he showed me the size, and I saw like a, you know, a whole family get one. <laughs> and, and I was just like, "I'm sorry, I, do, I don't think I have it in me to to do the pizza challenge." I was like, "I really hope I'm not letting you down," but I was like, "I'm gonna do like three slices max and tap out." Like, I was, it's not happening today. I'm not hungry enough. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, no problem at all. But do you mind if I do it? And I was like, absolutely not. I would love to see not. it. So <laughs> go for it. I am curious how much conversation is able to be had while one person is trying to complete a pizza eating challenge. Uh, surprisingly, it was fine. Because I thought about that, too. I was like, oh, this there might be a lot of silence or right. pressure I might feel to fee- fill the silence. But that's also something like as I've dated and gotten older... I've become very comfortable in silences on dates. It's a beautiful thing. Well, part of it is, and I feel bad saying this because the book we did was all about like your thoughts and positivity, and yada, yada. <laughs> but, but part of it is like younger me and maybe also the comedian in me would like look to fill those silences almost like, oh, I don't want this to be a bad time. Yeah, yeah. But then like you're doing all the work of the day and it's still not a good time for you, but you're making it a good time for the other person. And I'm all for like, we should all be trying and talking and everything. But like certain dates, I hit a point where I'm like, 
okay, I will let this just be bad. If the other person isn't giving me anything to work with and is being very quiet and not talkative that I'm like, I will sit and let this be bad. I will let them realize it's not going great. And maybe they could ask me a question. You know what I'm saying? I do. I absolutely That's what I've learned. (laughs) That's what I've learned in my years dating. But I didn't feel that way with this guy. It it felt fine. It didn't feel awkward at all. Very comfortable. Oh, good. And he he did get the t-shirt. He did get the t-shirt. He didn't technically finish the pizza. Pity shirt. But but I overheard the waitress. And sounds like he is the closest to come to finishing the pizza. And that's why they were like, ah, give him the shirt. I'm so curious how many people attempt this. I don't know. So what's funny is he was like, ah, man, haven't tried that since I was 18. So (laughs) it feels like maybe people only try it once in a lifetime. And, you know, then eventually are like, all right, I'll go back to that pizza place. I'm not sick of it anymore or whatever it is. So it was good pizza, though. Very thin crust. I I love a crispy thin crust. It was good. Very good. Jersey does great pizza. Everybody talks about New York pizza. Jersey. No, I think, yeah. Jersey's right there. All right. So uh, I did hear from him after the date, Mm. but there's been no move to officially go on another date. Oh, so when did he, did he just say like, hey, or what what did he say? Well, the next day was actually Valentine's Day. So he texted me about like something from the date and then threw a casual like, oh, and happy Valentine's. Or happy V-Day, I think, specifically said, but who cares? (laughs) No difference to me. And so I replied back, oh, happy Valentine's, yada, yada, chatted a little bit. Um, And then apparently he looked up my stand-up and then texted me that he liked it and thought it was very funny. And I said, thanks. And we haven't really kind of talked since then. He knew I had um, a couple Valentine's shows this, this week that I was running and a little stressed out about. So to be determined. Um, because I'm, I'm not sure if I do want to go on another date with him, but when he like texted me, happy Valentine's, I was like, this doesn't feel like the moment for me to give the, so I wasn't feeling the connection text, you know? Nope. 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 Like not necessary. He's not asking you on another date. Just, oh, happy Valentine's. Cool. Yeah. I didn't, didn't feel the need to say more. Yeah, I don't think that's the appropriate time to be like, thank you for the Valentine's Day, which is, by the way, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day, but psych, <laughs> not really. You know what I mean? Never text me again. <laughs> yeah, because also that day I got a not great um, Valentine's text that I'll keep to Patreon only because it was a Patreon only person that I talked about. Um, so I just was like, you know, I didn't really like what happened to me today, so I'm not going to pass along. No, the, no. the negativeness or or bad news bear i guess we could call it you know yeah it th- th- that feels like also he didn't actually ask you out like he didn't granted yeah. many people for some reason like to text with people that they never intend on seeing again I, for whatever reason but in theory he wouldn't be talking to you if he weren't interested in seeing you again you would think but you would think <laughs> we don't know we don't know because the other um, variable, if he watched my stand-up, I assume he watched my cord and set so he knows oh, I yeah. have herpes, but reached out about it. So I was like, sounds like he's probably cool with it. Hmm. But again, to be determined for that. Yeah. So it may- makes sense not to not to feed him the no ghosting text in that moment. And then we'll see. You'll see if he comes back. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I, I feel like there's, it's, you know, after a date, if you didn't hear from each other, you wouldn't 
send a message to be like, by the way, don't want another date. No. It's like, nobody asked. If no I one's asking. Didn't ask you. Didn't ask no you. No one's asking. Good, good to know. Right. But at the same time, it's like, if I keep getting texts that are yeah. going nowhere, then I'll I'll close it, you know? Well, like, right. I don't, That's I don't just keep annoying. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like to keep that going either, you know? But there's a balance of like, okay, let's ride this out. I'm going to throw it to the birds for a minute and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. If it's just going to be that one text, then like, who cares? Yeah. So, but that's it for me, I think, on updates for this week. Should we get into our roundup? Yes. So, I think these first two things we're going to talk about, people have heard about. Yes. We've gotten, or at least I've gotten several DMs about the dating app article. You want to start there? Yes. Let's start with the dating app. So, as we've touched on, on the show, all right, I think we talked about it a little bit with Demona. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, people are a little annoyed that we have to essentially pay for dating apps now, or we feel like we have to pay to get, quote, the good people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the barrier to entry got lowered. Tinder came out. Suddenly it was like, dating apps are free. So everyone's used to it being free and no restrictions. And then little by little, more and more restrictions keep happening, keep starting. Right. So there is officially now a lawsuit against Match Group uh, for their dating apps uh claiming they are trying to transform users into gamblers locked in a search for psychological rewards that match makes elusive on purpose yeah and if you don't know match group owns a hell of a lot of dating apps so they own tinder they own hinge they obviously own match.com um they own okcupid like they own they don't own bumble that's like the major one that they don't own but they own a lot yeah i think was hinge the most recent one they picked up like Whatever one they picked up recently, I remember talking to people and we were like, ooh, these are like becoming a monopoly as well. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. now it's like, how much control do we really have? Yeah. So, yeah. So basically, they're claiming that these apps are designed to turn users into addicts and that they're like purporting to want people to find true love. For example, Hinge's slogan is designed to be deleted. They're like, this is what the lawsuit alleges that they're pretending, quote unquote, to want people to find true love, but what they really want is for people to keep purchasing subscriptions and, you know, pay for boosts and pay for whatever it is, like buy all the stuff that you can buy in the apps now. Okay. So do we think this has legs to win the lawsuit? So we are not lawyers, but <laughs> that should be obvious. Like I'm going to state up front that none of this is a legal, legally informed opinion. Yeah. We're not lawyers, but not lawyers. But I don't, what do we think? I don't think so. Like, I'm not saying that, that these apps are like totally altruistic and like, you know, they don't want money They're It's capitalism. Of course they want money. I don't, however, think that there's enough here with this lawsuit. Like basically what they have to prove is that match group is violating consumer protection laws. So there's like consumer protection laws about false advertising and like, they have to prove that they're violating that and i do not know enough about those laws to know whether it's true or not but from what i've read it feels like it's going to be a stretch well because i think the truth is no app is designed to be deleted every app is designed to get you on it keep you on it as long as possible and is designed to be a little addictive Mm -hmm. you know i play like dumb games exactly and make money that's the other part i make money like you know i play dumb games on my phone it's like I'm like a little fidgety as a person. And I think it mm. partly is an ADHD thing that, that like 
weirdly soothes me sometimes. Just yeah. like playing a playing a dumb game that's very mindless, very easy. But it's like that game is also designed to keep me there. Yes. And there's ads, right, in that game? Yeah, like that's how they make their money. So it's like if yeah. you die or whatever <laughs> in the game, it's like, oh, instead of having to restart, just watch this video for 30 seconds. And I'm always like, yep, watch the video. Yeah. So that's how they make money. But it doesn't feel exactly. greedy because it's not taking my money. I feel like people are just mad because it's like every app just keeps like upping their prices and upping yeah. different things to try to get you to pay for. Like like with Hinge, right? You pay for unlimited likes, you pay for the filters. You're like, all right, I'm paying for your app, which is already a higher price than it was you know, before the pandemic. And then they're like, now there's people behind the roses. And you're like, well, now you're weeding out the people. And I feel like that's that's the thing that made these people mad. Like, okay, now we want to sue. Like you are literally taking people and being like, you can't reach them. You need to pay extra money to reach them. And that's the part that I feel like they they think is like unjustified. Yeah. And b- like basically, the, basically the lawsuit is asking if if Match Group has to disclose that these apps are potentially addictive. Like gambling, for example, they have to disclose and be like, this is potentially addictive. I, I, I just think it's going to be a reach. But I also think... Again, I don't think dating apps are purely altruistic, right? Like, I don't think they're, like, sitting in their offices being like, we just hope that everyone finds love and we don't care about making money at all. Like, of course not. They're companies. Or wasn't Bumble technically, like, made out of spite? Yes. the girl was with the Tinder <laughs> yeah. guy and they broke yeah, up. Whitney and so she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an app that, that fixes all the problems with your app. So it's like, Bumble technically was made out of spite, everybody. All right. It was technically yeah. came from a place of spite and not exactly love, you know? They fucked, I mean, they fucked her over. Like it wasn't even the breakup <laughs> thing. It was like, they I like, know. yeah, that's a whole other thing. But I in know. any case, so yeah, I don't think it's that still these spite. apps, still totally. Spite. I don't think that these apps are like, you know, pure, Right. I also don't think that wanting to make money like every single fucking company on the planet does, that wanting to make money means that people can't be successful with your product. Like those things can go together. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, my brother met his now wife. What was it? 2020, 2024. He proposed 2023, met 2022. Mm. Yeah. So like, that was still at the height of hinge charging. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't it doesn't mean it <laughs> it doesn't mean it's more likely to work, but I also believe it doesn't mean it's less likely to work. Maybe it's less likely to work if less people are into the apps and using them and active on them. Sure. But is yeah. that the app's fault? Can you see the app for that? I don't think so. I think the the point that Demona brought up that you mentioned about how like it, it used to be commonplace. Like when I used to use OkCupid and Match.com when I was like in college and new to the city, like before it was an app, I was on my computer right? on these apps. You had to pay to message people. Like it wasn't free at all. Yeah. I think people are just mad because the price has gone up. So I hope with the lawsuit, it makes these companies just be a little less greedy. Um, I understand the barrier to entry and charging for unlimited. I'd like great business model. But yeah, it's like... What if you just made unlimited likes $10 a month? You probably would get more users and possibly make more money. So like my my hope is just that this makes all the dating apps lower the prices a bit and just be a little less greedy. Yeah, I do. Th- and it's also funny to me because like, for example, I purchased it. So who am I to talk? But Bumble has the like lifetime membership, which I saw referenced in one of the articles about it that was like, 
it's ludicrous that they have this lifetime membership, but they're also claiming that they like want you to find love. And I'm like, I don't think they're actually thinking you're going to be on it for your entire life. No. Well, like you said, you're like, if I had paid for X amount of months of the premium, you would have hit the number anyway. It paid for itself a while ago. So that's more the gamble you're taking. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe that's why they're making more money is people people are like, no, I'm not going to be on this thing for six more months. It's going to work. It's going to work out. So Match.com used to have something similar. When I first was on Match, this is is where I met my first boyfriend in New York was on Match.com. And when I was first on Match, yeah. The um, what do I call him? The resident. Um, I barely talk about him. It was a blip relationship, but but you got your money's I worth. Pay- it sounds like got my money's worth. So <laughs> at the time, Match had you could pay for it weekly or maybe monthly, or you could buy six months. But if you didn't find a relationship, you got refunded. Really, that yes. is very interesting. And But you had to be – I forget all the stipulations, but you had to be actively using it. Like you had to be sent – you had to send a certain number of messages a month. You, ha- you had to respond. Like they probably could have found a loophole to not refund your money and I did find a relationship in those six months. So I didn't ever test the policy. Mm-hmm. But they used to do that. This was in uh, – God, probably 2010. That's very interesting. I'm yeah. like I'm like shocked, but I guess that was – they did, they did the, like, put your money where your mouth is model, it sounds like. Basically. So I was like, okay, at the end – I don't remember how much it was, but I was like, at the end of the six months, I either have a boyfriend or I get my money back. Like, that's great. Perfect. I know, but I'm like, couldn't people just lie? How do they prove that you're not lying? Oh, true. Like, how do they prove that you're not dating someone? I don't know. I, ne- I Now I'm bummed that I met that guy. I never tested it. Right? They, they just stalk your social media. They're like, um, I keep seeing a man's arm in your pictures. I keep seeing some soft launch accent. Uh, you're like, only hard launch counts, okay? Only hard launch counts, unfortunately, <laughs> for the policy or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm very curious to, to keep our eye on this. They're, try- they're seeking clash action status, so um, we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's enough to sue this i I just hope it's like enough quote-unquote bad press for them that they maybe make some changes yeah i think i also think is like ridiculous it also seems to be very cathartic for people i think yeah for them to be like fucking finally like somebody is hearing us that this experience sucks yeah exactly so to be determined yeah but it is interesting caught my eye it is it is um the other thing that caught my eye this week that I have been fascinated by and deep diving into is a scam. A legitimate I've scam. heard of this scam. Yeah. I didn't I actually don't know the full details. I know it was the fifty thousand dollars cash this woman, who was a reporter, journalist for the New York Times, handed this cash box to a man on the street. Correct? That's what I keep saying everywhere. So she's a financial columnist, Charlotte Cowles. She used to have a weekly column in the business section of the Times, and then she's been writing for, I think, New York Magazine. She it was a, her, um, she wrote a column on, for the Cut about this experience. So yeah, she is someone. If you had to line up a bunch of people and be like, who is likely to fall for a financial scam? The person who writes about it for a living, like writes about finances and being money savvy, et cetera, like that's not going to be the person that you would pick. I would not think so. No. 
So what is what was the main thing this person said to her that convinced her? Well, she's got to give them what, money. What's interesting is that it 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 plays on the fact that it wasn't one person. So there's like a lot of studies about how if someone it, this is true this is like it true in like interrogation theories, interrogation tactics, etc. When someone's trying trying to get you to comply with something, they do it in little steps. So like it's mm-hmm. not all at once. Like if someone just calls you up and is like, Erica, you have to give me $50,000 in a shoebox. There's a man waiting outside. You'd be like, fuck off. That's crazy. Yeah. But like the scams for old people, it's usually they're impersonating someone they know and love. And that's yes. the urgency scams. That's like, you got to go get the gift cards from the whatever because I need to get yeah. out of jail so from CVS gift are- cards apparently. But you know. Yeah. So the ones that get people that are maybe more savvy are like these series of small things that like bring you into an augmented reality. So what happened with this woman is she got a call one day from somebody pretending to be from Amazon. And this person from Amazon told her that there were suspicious large purchases from her business Amazon account that she does not have. She does not have a business Amazon account. Okay. And this person called her and said, like, a bunch of stuff has been has been purchased. That person convinced her that she had been the victim of identity theft. Like, someone has opened mm. a business Amazon account in your name and bought all this stuff. Okay. So that that part, I feel like I might believe. Right. Just that like part, almost right? To be like, we're fact-checking your business. There's been suspicious activity. Yes. Yeah. And you think, like, oh, they're looking out for me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then this supposed Amazon employee says, actually, this is very similar to a case that we've been working on with the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. Can I transfer you to them to talk to the the officer, the FTC officer who's been working on this case? And so she says, yes. She gets transferred to this person who claims to be an officer from the FTC or whatever the word is, person who works for the FTC. This person has all of her personal information. They have the last four digits of her social. They have her address. They know that her son is home. Like they know all of these things about her. And they tell her that her information, her name and her accounts, her social, whatever, has popped up in a case they're investigating that involves like drug busts and the Mexican border and stolen cars and like all of this shit and the CIA. Wow. There's a lot so of other steps. She frightening. She talks so it, like, to like moved three to or slow four. frightening. <laughs> yes. She talks to three or four different people along the way. She's given numbers to call. They spoof the FTC number to call her. So at one point they're like, go to the FTC website, look at what the number is, and we're gonna call you from that number, and they do. Whoa. Okay. And she's like, Well, can't you spoof it? And they're like, You can't spoof government numbers. And she's just like Okay. So basically they convince her that the only way not to get arrested by the CIA for like money laundering and this drug bust and all this stuff is to withdraw $50,000 from her checking account, which mm-hmm. wasn't a number they came up with. It was a number she came up with. I skipped that part. So they asked Whoa. her like – so they said, we are going to have to freeze all your assets. We're going to have to close down your social security number. We're going to have to freeze all your bank accounts in order to like get you out of this. How much money do you think you would need to survive for the next year? Oh. And she says 50 grand. And so, which 
doesn't seem like enough for a family of three, but I digress. <laughs> um, right. Well, if she married. Yeah, maybe. So she, so th- she says 50 grand and they said, okay, you're going to need to then take 50 grand out of your savings account and give it to us and we will give you a cashier's check or a treasury check rather for that amount, which will then be clean. But if you just take the money out, that money is still quote unquote dirty, money laundered, part of the scam, part of not scam, but part of this crime and can also be frozen. But then how do they convince you to do this on the street and not at an official something that prints the cashier with, check in front of you? I you know totally what I mean? Like agree I, with I would you. think I would still hold on enough to be like, no, I'm not going to hand it to you on the street in a box. I totally agree with you, but it's like the little steps. It was like, then they transferred it to someone else and then they're like, well, and they're like, if you, like, if you go to, if you hire an attorney, then we're going to have to investigate you because if you hire an attorney, then you're going to be part of this crime. And so she doesn't talk to any attorneys about it. She doesn't go to the police about it. She barely talks to her husband about it because they convince her that if she gives him more information, that she's going to be implicating him and her son. Oh, my God. But I still would be like, don't you have to show up somewhere where they got a little money counter? You know what I mean? Yes, the little money you, counting machine? You would think. Something. Oh, at one point, too, she asks for the guy's CIA badge, and he sends it. He sends a picture of it to her in a text message, which she, like, I guess at the time thought this could be Photoshopped, but just didn't take it a step well, further. I guess, or I guess, like, if you ask and it so quickly is delivered, yeah, then you're like, well... They wouldn't Photoshop it in three seconds. Right. So it's all I'm just like, they seem so thought out with everything. I'm I'm talking about the scammers now. I'm like, they just seem so thought out with everything that I'm like, they really dropped the ball on the final move in my head. I'm like, the shoebox of money. They could have made the shoebox of money part seem more legit. If they had all these other details. But maybe they were like, if we can just get it in that box, take it and freaking run. Apparently they didn't need to make it more legit because it worked. And also this is in New York City, right? I don't know where she lives, actually. I didn't I didn't see that part. Well, I was like, New York, there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. So that so, also made me like, mm, isn't there so going to be footage somewhere? So basically, he says that an undercover CIA agent is going to come get the money. And he at, first, he at first tells her that they're going to come to her home. And she is actually the one that is like, but my son's going to be home. I can't have a stranger just showing up. And so... In her mind, them doing it on the street is protecting her son. Oh, boy. I know. So she hands them $50,000 in a taped shoebox. And then in her column says basically like the minute that they drive away, she's like – because then she like goes to – I guess she's been on the phone with the original guy. His name – fake name is Michael. He had her keep the line open the whole time, and when she got back, the line was dead. Yeah, of course. And then, yeah, and so then she, like, pretty immediately realized what had happened, broke down, told her husband about the whole thing. It was, like, very clearly a scam. Yeah, because I'm like, did, they didn't open the shoebox and make sure the money's in there? No. They just See? drove away. I would be... She makes too much money. That's my conclusion. She makes too much money that she wasn't concerned enough about 50 It was her. It was her whole savings. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can imagine just being like, even if I hit that point, I'd be like, aren't you going to fucking look in the box, dude? If you're handing me a legit cashier's check, aren't you at least at least going to peek and be like, oh, those are real bills and not fucking Monopoly money I threw in there? 
That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that like just seem like similarly when I was reading it, I'm like, how in the world? But this woman is so savvy. She literally writes about money for a living. Like she is not the, you know, grandma living by herself that you think about when you think about people getting scammed out of money. No, it's not the person you think. Yeah. And there was an interesting Inter- stat you wrote here. Yeah. Younger adults are 34, like, okay, Gen Z, millennials, and Gen X are 34% more likely to report losing money to fraud compared with those over 60. And I'm like, losing yeah. money to fraud, that counts as like those gift card scams that older people usually are getting scammed for? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what counts. Because I'm like, because uh, I, I just find this shocking. I'm like, you'd think the more tech savvy people would be less likely, but maybe it's actually because we're so quick and tech savvy that if we are to get scammed, we are getting scammed quicker than the old person that's still trying to figure out their online well, that's what I was. that's what I was thinking is that like younger people are engaging with technology more. Yeah. And so like, were there just more opportunities to scam me because I'm on my phone doing shit all the time? Maybe. And like, I I could very easily like accidentally or not accidentally, but like in a, the same way that I impulse purchase something mm-hmm. would like impulse do something and they'd be like, oh shit. Right. Yeah. I get that. Like I have Apple pay on my phone and my parents don't. So it's very yes. easy for me to buy something. Yeah, exactly. So just a, a wild example of how this could happen. And yeah, I guess a, a scam warning to everybody out there. Well, I feel like this would be very hard to recreate. This article has gone very viral. <laughs> uh, yeah. This, this, yeah. If any, if anything, I mean, I, this is one of the reasons that she wrote it, but like, if anything, these scammers are like, well, fuck. Cause they clearly have a very well thought out infrastructure for this scam that now mm-hmm. will not work with many of the people that they're targeting. No. And if anything, I just gave them more ideas to make it look more legit. So. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. They're like, go, let's go back to the drawing board. Erica had some ideas. I have some ideas. All right, at least get a money counting machine and open the box. Come on. There's got to be a portable one on Amazon. Yeah, seriously. We could find. If you got an Amazon business account, let me know. I'm sure there's a money <laughs> counting machine in there. I'm like, I, <laughs> I do don't have, have one, an but... Amazon business account. So I hope All right. they called me. I'd be like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so this, yeah, it just was like wild. And something that I also just... I was thinking, but like, I know this, but maybe like if she just, I don't know, maybe I just watched too much Law and Order, but no one's going to call you to say we're probably going to arrest you. No, no. Cops tend to show up. Yep. <laughs> I believe is the job, you know, that's yeah, that's what I believe they're hired to do. So I had a, a friend who actually works for the city. She works for New York City and she posted a story. It's one of the first time I saw this was my friend who works for the city posted this story. And she said that she had someone call her once and say that there was like a pending, I forget what it was, money laundering maybe case against her and that like she was about to get arrested. And she literally just was like, okay, see you soon. And hung up. I mean, yeah. You know? She's like, I, come arrest me then. If you're going to arrest me, come arrest me. Yeah. I'm not going to give you my cash. I might need it for bail. So yeah, come right. through. So come through. Yeah. I mean, ugh. I'm sure I'm sure the kid fear was like number one in yes. their mind. If they're like, we're yeah. watching you and your son. It's like, whew. and they knew they like knew that he was playing in the living room at that moment when they were on the phone with her 
yeah, that's and they crazy. had like convinced her that like her texts and her emails were being monitored, and they had texts and emails that they had hacked. Mm. So, yeah, really scary. Careful out there, kids. Yeah, careful, everybody. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come. Experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrhight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. Um, all right. So on to our book here uh, that we saw on our friends. Uh, well, I saw originally on my friend Julia's uh, Instagram that she was starting to do a manifestation book called E-Squared by Pam Grout. And it is nine do-it-yourself energy experiments that prove your thoughts create your reality. Yeah, so so Julia hosts the Pretty Much Done podcast that we've been on, and she's coming on our pod in a few weeks. So it's well-timed because, you know, as we kind of go into some of these experiments, we can follow up with our results when we uh, talk to her. Yeah, and perhaps perhaps this is a good almost intro into manifesting for a lot of people because a lot of things I read are just about like your thinking and these kind of general statements, it feels like. And this, I appreciated more that it was like, okay, I'm going to give you some stuff to try and see how it changes or if it comes true. Very so It's almost like it's for the skeptics. Yeah. I I literally wrote that my very first bullet of my notes is like, I like her attitude. Like she (laughs) knows that people reading this book, like it's written for the skeptics. Like she knows that people need to have things proven for themselves. And she's, she addresses it immediately. Yeah. She knows, uh, it might not, it's for the woo woo type. So if you're not woo woo type, which is hello, me, hi, uh, that it's like, you, you might need to ease into it. She even works in a lot of like physics and Newton's laws and everything that I'm like, all right, all right. I'll hear it out. I'll hear it out. I'm a fan of Newton. Yeah. I'm a fan. I, I'm a fan of Newton. <laughs> I appreciated all the science because also, as somebody, me, who doesn't believe in God, mm-hmm. something that has that I've often run up against with a lot of people that talk about manifestation is it ends up kind of being a religious thing and like a belief in the high in a higher power. 
kind of thing. Like I've seen those two things, not always, but I've seen those two things go together where it's like this belief that like there's destiny and there's fate and there's a higher power. And I'm like, I don't, that that's tough for me to believe in. So I liked that she came at it from this scientific angle. Like she mentions like physicists or like Albert Einstein where they're like, they didn't, weren't religious people, but like strongly believed that there was like an energy force out there happening scientifically. Yeah. So it's interesting to bring this up because we've never really talked in depth about anything religion, I guess, on this pod. Um, So like I do believe in God slash higher power. Like, I don't think we die and that's it. I'm not, I'm not an atheist. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm still somebody that like is not really on board with manifestation stuff. Yeah. And I think that just comes from my own thing. Like, you know, there's the book, like the secret. And I agree with like, yes, how you think and all that stuff can really like change your attitude about things and can possibly change your energy and all this stuff. And maybe better things come to you. But at the same time, I'm like, but you also need to be like working and putting in the effort. Yeah, totally. You know? So, cause some, some theory I've had that I felt like this book kind of touched on and I feel like it is with our generation is like, we do have much, much less like religious people or people that believe in God. Right. But then we also have a much higher level of anxiety as a society. And I think there is a correlation between people that believe in something and pray to something that is like a bit of a release of that anxiety. Like where you're just giving it to something else where you're like, I'm worried about this thing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do crystals. I'm going to do whatever. Right. There's like always something that's like, you're essentially taking your anxious energy and you're putting it somewhere else. And you're like, like I say, throw it to the birds. You're like, okay, it's it's not on like me anymore. Like, God. like, yeah, it doesn't feel like this weight on my shoulders anymore. And yeah. I feel like there there is a correlation because, you know, I feel like my parents' generation is much more religious. In fact, I was just in my hometown. And one of the things I tell comedians that come in is I'm like, hey, like majority of this room like believes in God and like goes to some type of religious service every week. And you are yeah. free to do whatever jokes you want, but don't be surprised if you say a comment like God's not real the energy of the room might be a little like what and shift and pull back from Mm, you, but you're still free to do whatever material you want. I don't control material, but I'm like, it's a good context for them to have. Right. Well, just so you know, I'm like, this is different than like a place like New York city, which seems to not be very religious. Right. But I'm like, there, there is something to that. Cause I feel like I see that in people when they're worried about something and kind of give it to something else. And that's that's a thought I've had for like a while where I'm like, oh, that's it's an interesting correlation that I, I, I think is a correlation. Let me say that. We don't know for sure. But from my standpoint, I'm like, there might be something to that. So like if yeah. God and praying isn't your thing, a lot of times I see people doing it in other ways. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know? Yeah. And that is a reason that I have been intrigued by this kind of thing because I'm like, I religion does not resonate with me. That isn't something that – and I've explored it in my past. It's just not – my dad was super, super religious. Um, right. Went to church by himself all the time. Um, and it just isn't something that's ever resonated with me. But I do I, – I, obviously, I, am, I tend anxious. And so, like, I do like the idea of having something to kind of anchor yourself. And I just haven't really found what that is for me. Mm-hmm. But I liked the idea of this, like, science – science-backed thing. I do have one quibble with with the whole framework. 
Okay. Well, there's a few, but one like major quibble <laughs> with this with this whole framework. All right. And that is that a lot of manifestation practices, including this one, like books, including this one, they don't acknowledge our how our life circumstances impact our reality, like how privilege impacts our reality. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a pretty big miss. So like there's a there's a passage of the book that talks about mindset around money and like literally says that like being broke can disappear if we dedicate our minds to it. And I'm like, that's just not true. Like there, there are people that are going to be better set up because of ver- a variety of privileges, better set up for this shit to work than other people. And like, so blanket statement, I have that pretty big qualm. But I with think a lot the of manifestation with it with the book is more being like you are perhaps in a broke mindset. Yeah, you could be. You know, like saying things like "I'm so broke," "I'm so this," and like and thinking you are never going to get out of it. That part I agree with. I understand what you're saying, but I'm like, yeah, it often is a mindset because there's the phrase, you know, money marries money, right? But we mm-hmm. usually only use it when it's rich people, where you go, ah, well, of course, the rich person's going to marry another rich person. But I think that phrase is also true when it comes to people with lower income. And a big part of that is your comfort zone. So it's like if you have that mindset and that's always what you've been in, like income wise, there's this thing that I've seen it with my own friends. If they start dating someone that is in like a different income bracket, there's an uncomfortableness because it's out of their comfort zone. And suddenly it's like they will pull back from those scenarios instead of like sit in the discomfort and, you know, grow from it, learn from it, whatever it is, you know, but I'm like the Mary money marries money. I'm like, I realized I'm like, oh, that's only talked about in like a rich sense. But I feel like I also see it in the opposite sense, which could be similar to what you're saying of like, hey, if you come from whatever and you're only in certain rooms and you're only in certain opportunities, maybe you're only meeting people of a certain income bracket. But I have seen it with people where they're suddenly with someone that is like living a different lifestyle or just makes more money than them. And people are very uncomfortable. And that's something that the book touches on is like, you're never going to get out of your own zone if you don't put yourself in those uncomfortable positions. Yeah, I think there's definitely an aspect of mindset to it. But like, I would just love these books to even just mention that like there are right. very systemic pieces of our society that like keep certain populations in a certain place that mindset is never going to fucking touch. And it doesn't mean that mindset can't be helpful to anyone. But like my mindset shifts are going to be a lot more effective as a person with privilege than somebody else's. So that's just my where anytime I read these books I'm like can we just mention it? Like can we just a sentence would be appreciated by me. But I will say for me, it makes sense for this book because it's like the whole thing is about trying to change your mind. So they almost don't want you to to give you a reason to be like, oh, you are stuck in that and and it's out of your control and you can't change it. So I feel like addressing it sometimes makes it like, oh, I just gave them another reason in the negative than the positive. Even though I do agree with you where it's like, yes, a lot of this stuff is out of our control and unfortunately so, but... Yeah, no, uh, I, 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 yeah, I get why they probably don't. Yeah, that's probably why. That's probably exactly why. But <laughs> that's just my own. If I were writing a manifestation book, um, so yeah, so I, so I, but I, generally speaking, that qualm aside, like, really appreciate the scientific approach to it, and like, she had me from the beginning for that reason because I was like, oh, okay, she knows I don't want to believe in this. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of put your money where your mouth is. A lot of these experiments are 48 hours to try. Mm-hmm. So do you want to yeah. talk about the first I'm currently, one? Yeah, I'm curr- so I'm currently three hours into the first one. The so, dude abides principles, what it calls. The dude abides. Yeah, so basically there's a bunch of experiments in the book. We will not talk about all of them today, but we will follow up in our in our episode with Julia or maybe even just along the way about how things are going. But there's all these experiments where you are basically like asking the universe to prove to you that it exists, like asking the universe to prove to you that this like energy, whatever exists. And up top, before we get into the first experiment, there are a couple rules. And one of them is that you have to be really vigilant about it. That is something I'm worried I'm going to forget. In terms of doing all the experiments or you mean with just one at a time? During the experiment. So like she says, so in this first, in the first experiment, the dude abides, like basically this first experiment is about looking for proof that this energy exists, like looking for proof that there is something else out there guiding what's going on. She calls it the FP. I forget what the FP stands for in this moment. It's um, the field of possibilities. Field of possibilities. Thank you. So you're looking for the proof. And the way she describes it is that you have to be vigilant the whole time looking for this proof in the same way that you would be if you like lost your keys. That you would be on your hands and knees, as I have been, scouring your house, lifting up curtains or curtains, carpets, like looking fucking everywhere for these keys at all times until you have them in your hands. I'm worried I'm going to forget about it. Well, I mean, I don't think you actually have to think about it 24-7. It's not realistic. But I think it's more like, you know, I think Demona actually said this. It's like, if you're looking for red flags, you're going to see red flags. If you're looking for green flags, you're going to see green flags. So the first experiment um, talks about looking for an unexpected gift, which is vague enough, but specific enough that it's something that you did not have before that is going to magically come to you in one way or the other. Yeah, something like you, totally out of the ordinary. Right. And in this one, you don't ask for anything specifically. You are just looking right. for an unexpected gift. Yeah. So Monday, February 19th at 4.47 p.m., I sat on my couch and I literally out loud read that passage from the book and I asked the universe to prove to me that the field of possibility exists in the form of a blessing or an unexpected gift that I wouldn't normally receive. I like actually kind of yelled it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it could be something as simple as like you got a free coffee from somewhere. Yeah. Something like that. Um we shall see. I will I will report back to see if I receive an unexpected gift in the next 48 hours, 42 hours at this point. There also was like a hypothesis of the book that states like 24/7, the field of possibilities or the FP as she calls it, is yours for the asking. So you can mm-hmm. demand a clear, unmistakable sign, something that cannot be written off as a coincidence. So you're supposed right. to set your skepticism aside and accept it with your whole heart, she says. Yeah. But there was a there was an interesting part of the book I I liked that talked about like even <laughs> even related it actually to God where it was like even with praying it's very similar to like things like this where you sometimes you're like, well I can't ask for too much. Well, I can't be bothering all the time. Well, I can't this and this. And like a lot of times we have our own thoughts like are in our own way. And she's trying to be like, listen, there's an abundance of energy. There's an abundance of things in the universe that can come to you. And you have to have like the abundance mindset that it's like, no, 
you're not asking for too much. Because there's other experiments where she will say to ask for something specific. As you're going to that one, the analogy she made about electricity really made sense to me, where she was like, nobody thinks they don't deserve to use electricity. Like it's omnipresent. It's always available. All you have to do is turn the light switch on. And no one's like, oh, well, I don't deserve to have light in this room so I can see. Yeah, I don't deserve to charge my phone. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And it's always there. It's always available to us. All we have to do is ask for the lights to be turned on. Right, and and it's something we can't see is another thing. Exactly, exactly. So I liked that analogy of like it being there and all we have to do is like tap into it and decide that we are allowed to ask it for things. TBD, whether I believe in it, I, I still have, you know, two days, but I liked the analogy. Yeah, there was another one. It was experiment number four, the abracadabra principle. Now, this is similar to this one where it's like technically, it's it's somewhat of a gift, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's given to you for free. But the thought is that thoughts can bring material goods into your life. But this one is different where it says you have to say specifically what is the thing that you want. Which is and nice. it also states, this is an area that was interesting to me. You are often asking for too many things because you don't know what you want. And I think we Mm. could relate that to dating, right? Like if you go and talk to a matchmaker and you go, these are all the things I want. They go, we're going to narrow it to three. (laughs) Like we are going to make it three things. Yeah. Which is literally what it says in this book. It says like, uh, pick three things that you want, three literal material goods that you want. And I think the examples was someone wanted like a guitar um, a new like coffee thing and something else, but like mm-hmm. three material things. And the guitar was specifically like a super expensive guitar that they could not afford. And right. apparently as the story goes, their mom at a garage sale bought a guitar for $20 to be like, Oh, I think your kid might like to play with this. Turns out it's the fancy whatever brand guitar that that person wanted. So that's where it's like, get specific, right? Don't just be like, I want a guitar. I want this type of guitar, Is- whatever. Is this the same experiment that the woman who wanted to swim with dolphins was doing? I can't remember. I think it, if it's the I same. think it was. So there was an example that she gave in the beginning of the book about a, a client of hers or a woman she knows, somebody, who her specific thing that she wanted in the literal 48-hour window that she had been given for this particular experiment was to swim with dolphins. And she was about to go on a camping trip with her family that was like near water, but like not a place where you could just swim with dolphins. And then she like went to the beach by herself and long story short, lots of different things, but ended up swimming with dolphins. <laughs> okay. And so I was like, well, that is very specific. Yeah. Very specific. Not just like, I want to mm-hmm. swim. It's like, no, swim with the dolphins. No, with dolphins. Give it a specific. Yeah. So... Are you doing, which one are you doing right now? Or are you doing any of them right now? You know, it's interesting because like going through this book, I more was thinking naturally about like comedy things, because Mm. to be honest, I have been struggling with a, I don't know what to focus on. Like, I don't know Mm. what the next move in my career should be. And I've been feeling for a long time, this, like, I need to be doing so many things yet at the end of the day, I always feel like I'm not really making any real strides forward career-wise. Yeah. And you go, oh, is it because I'm not organizing myself enough? 
or I'm, I am focusing on the wrong things. Or like I said, with my new year's resolution, I should outsource more. And reading this actually made me be like, I should make a more concrete list of like, what are things you truly want? And sometimes that can be frustrating because in my field, it's like, sometimes I'm like, would I want that thing? I don't even know. But maybe I'll start with little things. Like I actually did just submit a set to like the Tonight Show to go on the Tonight Show. But it's like, oh, I want that. I know I want that. Right. But it's like sometimes, you know, you like put that kind of in the back of your mind because I'm like, yes, it's a huge thing. But when I look at like long term career trajectory and comedy, it feels small compared to like everything I'm around and my peers I'm around and the things that they're doing. Yeah. You know, but but I like that this book kind of made me be like, all right, pick some. Even if it's a little, it's technically not a little thing, but you get what I mean. It's like, okay, it's not Netflix special. It's Tonight Show. It's like baby steps towards whatever certain thing. Um, So a lot of this I more was relating to like my line of work and like, what do you want? Like you like what you're doing. Things are going well. You're steady. But what, it's hard to not think what's going to get me to like the next peak instead of saying, what are the things you actually like and enjoy and really truly want? So I'm like, I don't know which principle would be me basically doing this abracadabra principle, but not necessarily with material things, because I don't think that counts as a material thing. If that makes sense. Do you say does I it feel Can like, we count it? I think so. I feel like like an like an offer to perform on the Tonight Show, I think is pretty material. Yeah, I think it just might technically like qualify in a different one of these. Like oh, the yeah, one that's true. more about like your thoughts and conscious impact, like yield results whatever that one is what's that one i think it's the superhero principle yeah your thoughts and conscious impact matter something like that but yeah like i agree it's like i would still count it i'm not gonna be like well it's not the it's not the abacadabra principle for mine (laughs) i will still gladly take it it. universe slash god is not what i asked for excuse me (laughs) (laughs) right but honestly let me say this. That's a perfect example of something we go, we could manifest, we could want it, we can get clear that we want it. But also true, like we said in the beginning, I do need to do things to get it. It's not just going to uh, fall right. in my lap. You're, the Tonight Show booker is not just going to call you and be like, hey, so that I imagined that you might have a nice tape you wanted to send to me. Uh, well, to be honest, this is the thing. I have been contacted by the booker before to submit oh, a yeah. tape. But it's like, well, the work to get the tape and submit it and yada yada do is that. still on me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like kind of thing. So it's like, all right. And it felt like a, there was also like a star alignment a little bit of Jordan just did it. And he had a great set. So everybody check that out. And yeah, he really did. I he crushed it. And I was like, luckily in town that I got to go. <laughs> Actually, it was the day I had my um, egg freezing surgery. <laughs> but I was like, feeling good, feeling fine. I was like, I'm going to be there. I'm going. And so I also got like FaceTime in with the booker and this and that. And it's so I was just like, you know That's what? Great. I'm I'm feeling a little bit of this juju energy that we're talking about, you know? I love it. I'm feeling it. But I think I related to that. And there was a part in the book that she actually talked about herself going to like this writer's retreat. And a lot of times when she goes to those things, it's all about like, let's do this exercise and this exercise and like more honing your writing skills. And the one she went to was all about like, so why haven't you done that thing yet? Mm. And pushing people to look at like, what, what are the things holding you back and how do you get out of your own way? And I think that's also very similar to like what Tony Robbins is doing. Am I saying that right? Tony Robbins, is that his name? I think so. Right? Yeah. Keep going and then I'll know. Whatever. Correct me in the comments. (laughs) But 
but like my friend went to that who was a comedian and he said he it like shifted his whole perspective on everything and and he really got in touch with his own like fears and, and it's like a lot of times we are mm-hmm. just in our own way one way or the other whether it's your thoughts whether it's your fear of taking action um so like those parts of the book are what really spoke to me personally and it was more granted on like a career side but but this all can be yeah. true i think with dating too with the mindset Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm reading this book with a very career lens as well. Cause like there's just with finding Mr. Hyde, there's just so many different things. Like you said, with like, there's so many different things that could be done both with the pod and with like my personal aspect of it. I have a limited amount of time. I cannot do all of them. We all have a limited amount of time, but like, it's one of those, what, which thing do I actually want? Like, what do I actually want to come to me? Right. And what do you like doing? That's I think the hard mm-hmm. part is you could be like, well, mm-hmm. if I do this thing, I'll make more money. If I do this thing, I'll have more of this. And it's like, but what is the thing you really want right. and enjoy? But it's even, actually, I have an example that could be something that happened that's along maybe manifesting lines. Let me throw this to you. Mm. Get your opinion. Okay. So I got um, on, there was some like texting list for Usher tickets. That's like, you'll be texted, you know the promo code to get the free access to tickets on Ticketmaster, whatever. So I signed up for the texting list. I remember I'm in the morning, I'm making breakfast. I get a text. I go, Ooh, cool. He's doing two shows, Barclays and Jordan also wanted to go. So I was like, let me go snag two tickets. I get in there and it's like the tickets go so quick. I'm like looking at some, looking at other ones. Cause you're trying to figure out like, okay, what could I get for the best price, best seat? And then they're just like gone. And I was like, damn. But I was sitting there being like, I wanted Usher tickets. I really want them. And that was still my like main thought because I was eating my yeah. breakfast. I was like, man, like, give I me the Usher tickets. Yeah, I want the Usher tickets <laughs> and I'm looking at the website like, well, maybe there's another city I could like go to and maybe do shows or like something. And then yeah. I get a text. We added two more shows. And I was like, huh. oh, there it is. Hopped on, got tickets. And I wasn't at all thinking then though, like I manifested it or whatever. But it kind of is like, well, but that's you, what was on your mind. You were actively you thinking did, about though. it. You kind of did. I could, this book would say I did. You the knew what you want. You were very clear. Say you did. I want two tickets to see Usher with his shirt off dancing. <laughs> dancing. <laughs> dancing. Dance. I want her to be dancing. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like texting Jordan about it. I'm like, oh, man, I missed it. They sold out. And then all of a sudden I was like, got him. I got two tickets. The book would so definitely anyway. say that you manifested that. Right, because it said start small with the, the abracadabra one or whatever. And it said like tickets to a thing, flower, like whatever certain things. You, you start small at first, you know? Yeah. But but it's also like, I'm sure there's someone listening being like, well, yeah, of course you can get tickets. You have a credit card. And it's like, all right, well, let's play along with the book. Okay, let's play <laughs> along with the book a little bit. <laughs> well, part of what I like about the science back nature of all of this is we actually had an episode a while back, Dr. Abby Medcalf. It was episode 61. It was quite a while ago. We are actually going on her podcast soon. Um, She's awesome. But in that episode, we talked about how your brain works. And she talked about the RAS, which is the reticular activating activation system. Um, Mm -hmm. Rochelle also talked about it um, in a more recent episode. But basically talks about how your brain is getting all of these stimuli all the time, like literally millions and millions of inputs. And you essentially are deciding, unbeknownst to your conscious self, what you're going to notice. So it's like the reason why when you decide you want to buy – like when I decided I wanted to – I was deciding between a Honda HRV and 
it was a Hyundai, a similar, similar car, but from Hyundai, Hyundai Kona. I was deciding between a Honda HRV and a Hyundai Kona. Suddenly, that is all that was on the road. Like, yes, you noticed I was every single one. Them yep. Fucking everywhere. And I still mm-hmm. to this day see Honda HRVs everywhere. But the number of Hondas and Hyundais did not increase the day that I decided I might want to buy one of them. Right. Like, I just noticed them more. And so I think that that, I, that appeals to me a lot with this thing that it's like, no, you didn't create the opportunity for you to buy Usher tickets. You had a credit card and the shows were going to happen. But you did like get yourself into a place in your mind where you were ready to pounce on those tickets the minute they were available because you were like, I want Usher tickets. And they went fast. So if you had not been in that mindset that you were going to get the text and go on the site and buy the tickets, you probably wouldn't be going. Right. And you could even say, I was like, this is what I'm willing to spend. Max budget, two tickets. Like, so I narrowed my search even further. So yeah. So yeah. You got Um, super specific. I did. And it worked. And I'm seeing Usher. And you're seeing him dance. When's the show? I'm going to see Usher dance. It's in October, actually. Oh, shit. So I think they're fully on sale now if anyone else is interested. Or join his texting list because, you know, the more it sells out, the more it shows people sometimes add. So you never know. Yeah. Um, Well, I was going to ask you, after reading this, Mm -hmm. do you feel like there are any of your thoughts around, like, dating and relationships that you would like to change? Yeah, I think it's the scarcity mindset. Actually, it goes back to the lawsuit on the dating apps against the dating apps. <laughs> Bring the whole thing full circle. Because <laughs> I read that lawsuit article and now all I'm thinking about our lawsuit. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now someone's going to sue me and ask me for $50,000 in a shoebox. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, go- it goes back to that. I think that something that one of the reasons that I wanted to go do more things in person and go to more, not only dating events, but more events in person is because I wanted to feel like there are more options available to me than just the people on the apps. Okay. Got that. And so even though I have yet to meet someone romantically through any of these events, <laughs> it has made me feel better about dating apps because it's like, oh, I'm out there. I'm meeting people. Even though like, Literally, the evidence says that I'm not. I've still yet to meet a single person in the wild from going to these things. I've still exclusively been going on dates from dating apps, but I'm feeling a hell of a lot better about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that mindset shift I was thinking about as I was reading this book of like going into it thinking this is – just another way for me to meet people. This is not the end all be all. This is not like, oh, there's nobody here and they're making me pay and everyone I want to talk to is behind in Rose jail. I don't even go to the standouts tab anymore for that reason because I don't even want to get upset. Yeah, I really, I mean, I'm barely on hinge at the moment, but yeah, I kind of got out of the habit because I just was like, yeah, I'm not going to buy a rose. So what's the point? Exactly. I know I'm not going to buy one mostly because I don't think it economically makes sense. Like even if I had unlimited money, I don't even think it's worth it. I don't think those people are seeing your roses. That I digress. But well, I tell you, all the all the roses I bought in the beginning <laughs> completely wasted. So exactly, use that data, everybody. <laughs> I think exactly. I only ever had one rose match of, and not that I sent like thousands of roses, but I remember I bought a package yeah. when they were brand new. I think I bought like yeah, a yeah. ten dollar package for that. fifteen of them or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. 
I don't think I've ever gotten a rose match. I've received roses, but nobody that I've ever sent one to, and I haven't done this in a while because it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. But as I was reading the book, I was thinking about asking asking dating apps for what I want. <laughs> like mm, okay, going into swiping, I think I'm going to do – I'm only my first experiment right now, and right now we're not asking for anything specific. But I think when we start to get into more specific ones, I am going to ask for something specifically about dating apps of something that I want. Like in terms of outcome or in terms of almost like filtering the people? Probably more so outcome, like a great first date or like something like that. Something that's not that big of a deal, Mm -hmm. but is a more positive way to be going into it. Being like, I want to meet someone and go on a great first date. I agree with that. I mean, this whole book also plays into, I think we talked about this once, that I was like, you know, people that like (laughs) receive the most romance are often the people that believe in romance so much Mm -hmm. and are super like open of like, I love love. And like, I think that's so sweet if someone gets me flowers or this, this and that. Like, I think of like, I don't know, say someone that even just loves rom-coms, right? And is openly like, I love rom-coms, I love romance, yada, yada. Yeah. That person tends to have a way more romantic life than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And there's something to that thinking and putting the energy out there that I do agree exists in our everyday lives. You know, just think about like the people at work that tend to be higher up. And now people can argue with me all they want on this, but a lot of times it's like they're pleasant people, they're positive people, they're like they are putting out some type of good energy that is like, yeah, that's why we want them up here because we're hoping that trickles down to everybody else, you know? Uh, I wish more companies thought that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe not. You know what? It's been a minute since I had a day job, but. In, well, my, cur- uh, in my current day job, know? that's very true, but not always in my past. Um, okay, but you left. So it's like, what's the stats of that company and their, their you know, true, how true. long people stay there? Because I worked at a company true, once true. and it was like, I didn't think the vibes were terrible, but the turnover was high. And in a year, I saw why, and I also left. Yeah, attrition so rates the good are really companies. indicative of company culture. Well, um, put it this way. You like your job. You really like your boss. I do. That's a huge hand in it. Huge hand Yeah. In it. There's a phrase I saw once that said, um, people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. Yeah. True. And I think that's really true. And like I have thought about that a lot as a manager. That like, if somebody quits, they're they're quitting me, mm-hmm. barring like some you know extenuating circumstances sometimes. But like, so anyway, I I think that's very true. All right, one last thought because you said you said things out loud. Mm-hmm. Do you think you might get into some of the affirmation game? I don't. I think I will. I'm sticking with just this one thing for the next 48 hours where I like, um, you know. Uh, focused on finding this unexpected gift that I'm being vague about purposefully. Um, the book tells me to be vague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea of affirmations a lot. This is another thing that I have forgotten to do in the past, though. Like, I'll be like, oh, I want to say affirmations to myself in the morning in the mirror, and then I'll just like fucking forget. And then a month later, be like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be affirmating. That's not a word. Whatever. Affirming myself. <laughs> not good. Not good. It was not good good that I did not affirmate. Yes. Um, So, but I I do like that idea. Like, I like the idea of, like, hyping myself up. Yeah. Something, um, 
with this stuff in general that I think I struggle with is like something along the lines of like toxic positivity Mm -hmm. where I agree of like your thoughts can create your reality. I a hundred percent agree with that, but I'm also like, we're all human that it's hard to like never have a negative thought ever. Yeah. Or also like if we didn't, we'd all be scam girl in the box. You know, (laughs) like, so, so, so like there's a balance a little bit, you know, where it's like, all right, if you're really like, like to really change your like stream of unconsciousness or even your stream of consciousness sometimes is like difficult in a way that sometimes you'll feel like, oh, I'm failing if I have one negative thought or idea. Yeah, that that has gotten to me before with this stuff before is the toxic positivity aspect of it. Like there was the a trend a while back that was like the lucky girl syndrome mm-hmm. and people were, you know, the affirmations to say like, I am lucky, good things come to me, like all of this stuff. And the the dark side of that is never allowing yourself to be sad. And right. I have found that trying to make myself never be sad is a really good way to keep being sad. Mm-hmm. So I I agree. I think we got to have, you got to have the balance. You know, I feel like sometimes that's what I'm missing from books and stuff like this is like, okay, so when I do have the negative thought, g- give me like something to do. Mm, yeah. Like I, I almost like being like, you know, it's like when you vent to a friend, sometimes you're like, I just need to vent this. I just need to get this out of my fucking head. It's going to be all negative. Don't try to fix it. I'm just going to spew some ideas. And then after it's like that weight feels lifted off to be, off you, you know, you just go, huh, totally. You know, but like this book would almost argue like, well, you just spewed all those negative thoughts. So now that's going to be a reality. And it's like, okay, well, I'm a human. And it's like, would I have been better to spew negative thoughts for 10 minutes? And then the rest of my day, I don't even have them anymore. Or fight them all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the debate I always have. This is reminding me of when I was working on the merch shop. (laughs) And (laughs) and I was so frustrated about this fucking merch shop it took way longer than like literally when you go to the website you're gonna be like well how long this took her how long it looks so simple but the back end of it was extremely complicated especially Mm -hmm. as we have sized inventory whatever it's a long story but there was a specific part of it that i just couldn't get to work i had i had googled the shit out of it i had like 25 tabs open of various help articles and people asking different questions and i couldn't figure it out and I was venting to you about it in text message, being like, there's not, there's nothing you can do to help. I'm just upset <laughs> and like mm-hmm. I'm frustrated and I really wanted to launch the merch store today and it's not going to happen and I'm so upset and I'm so frustrated. And then what, seven or eight minutes later, I was like, hi, it's me again. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. You're like, never mind. Got it. Just needed a second. And like all it took was venting to some, because I had been just by myself in my apartment trying to figure out this problem. And all it took was just getting it out into the universe, out of my head and onto the proverbial paper to like clear my head enough that I could figure it out. Exactly. So I think the book would be like, you you know, then the beginning part of that story, you were kind of having negative thoughts of where the hell is this thing? This is so difficult, blah, blah, blah. And the minute you just took a break from the negative thoughts or, you know, threw them onto me, happy to take them. <laughs> the merch store looks nice. But, <laughs> but, but you. you know, the book would be like, well, once you got those negative thoughts out of your head, Allie, and then they were in Erica's, then you were able <laughs> to figure out the merch store. 
<laughs> I was. Thank you for being for being my negative thought basket. Yeah, that's all right. Well, I would like to think because I offered to help, even though I was like, I don't know how to fucking help. But <laughs> I was like, well, is there anything I can do to help? And maybe that soothed you enough. <laughs> to- You're like somebody is willing to help, even if they cannot, because like literally, I'm the only person who it's my website. I'm I'm the only one who can log into the back end and yeah. do it. Um, but like, it it did it that like release, if you will, right? Yes, of like the release, not the release, and also that like somebody else is in this with me. Right. And even if even if you couldn't actively help me, that like having that like, oh, I'm not in this by myself, even if like technically in this one task I am. Exactly. Was helpful. Yeah. So you don't believe in God, but just believe in me, Allie. I just believe in America. Me. Over here. Just throw it to me. <laughs> tell me tell me your thoughts and fears and anxieties and I'll just take them. I'll just you take don't them for you. Want that? <laughs> this is a you are us. You are on a slippery slope, madam. <laughs> Listen, I I attract anxious people in my life. Okay, I do. And now the book's going to be like, well, now you're just going to attract more because you said that out loud. But but I do, and I think it's because I am just kind of a like, all right, throw it to me, and I just and I don't freak out and make the anxiety worse. You know, I'm like, we got a solution for that. Okay, we have a solution for that. We we really do complement each other well because we have opposite fears. Yeah, very much. So it's great. Yeah, it's perfect. I don't have I don't have day to day anxieties, but oh, constant fear of being murdered and someone breaking into my place at a apartment. Meanwhile, I'm like, if somebody's motivated enough to break into my apartment and murder me, they're probably gonna do it. Like, I probably can't stop them. No, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight. I sleep with my car key next to my head. By the way, did I tell you that? What? Yeah, because then you can hit the panic button, and the car will make noise, and hopefully, it wakes up your neighbors. Do you think you would have the presence of my hot tip? Hot tip. (laughs) Hot tip for everybody. Well, I lock my bedroom door in addition to obviously all my doors. So I I would think I would buy myself time and hopefully wake up a neighbor. That's my thought process that I just shared with the world. You lock yourself into your bedroom at night? I mean, I can get out, but there's a lock on my door. I absolutely lock it. Why wouldn't I lock it? Oh, I just never have in my whole life. No, no. Lock? What are you talking about? Lock the door. Well, now I can't close the door. I have cats. That would not work. But that's why I don't have cats. The door's shut. It's locked. It is much I'm ready, safer. I'm ready with my car key. As a as a person who has watched way too many episodes of Chicago Fire, a closed bedroom door is actually the best way for fire safety. You are like yes. the percentage that you'll survive a house fire is like way 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 higher if your bedroom door is closed. Yes, my more con- uh, my concern with a house fire is that I might sleep through it. To be honest, uh, I do sleep like mm. I'm dead, but. Good to know. My door shut is correct. Your door shut is helping you with fire safety. Uh, Anyway, well, that was a fun peek into my mind. Um, (laughs) I I shared too much. Uh, All right. Well, I'm curious if people want anything anything more about this topic or any other suggestions of experiments you want us to try. Uh, You can message us, findingmrheight.com slash podcast or any guest suggestions. Um, Yeah, I think that's it for today. Yeah. Or if you come across articles or things in the news or things you see on TikTok, which is basically the news at this point, uh, send them our way because I liked this. It was a fun little like popcorn type episode. I think it would be fun to do more. Yeah, everyone's watching the why did I get married thing, but there's like 50 parts. I was like, we don't have time. Did you see that Rourke literally texted us about that as we were on this recording? Oh, no, I got do not disturb, but but I'm not surprised. Everybody's watching. It pops up on my computer. Everybody's watching. So that's a that's a movie you can watch this weekend if you want. This woman's story. I've heard so I haven't looked into it, but I heard it's like seventy five parts. 
I don't know, but I recently saw a part 50 popped up, so I, I would believe it. I would believe it. Oh, my God. All right. Maybe that'll be my bedtime story tonight. Maybe not if it's called Who the Fuck Did I Marry? <laughs> maybe that's not the greatest <laughs> thing to go to sleep to. Well, it's a play on – there's a Tyler Perry movie called Why the Fuck Did I Get Married, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Or Why the Hell Did I Get Married? Excuse me. Yeah. But, you know. So, but they're like, wow, they should, they should make a sequel of this woman's story. <laughs> and, Jesus, and I won't be surprised right. if it happens. So I'm excited, to, I'm excited to listen. Maybe excited is the wrong word, but I will be watching it. Yes. Well, anyway, guys, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. See you next week. 